singles from Fulgur Display of Power. Mouth of War. <laughs> and this love and hollow. Mm. Maybe we're on to something here. <laughs> oh, shit. Too, too early. <laughs> you're a little punchy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mouth of war, huh? <laughs> oh damn! I don't know if I want to meet her. <laughs> this is Hey, this is Matt from Metal Nerdery. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Like us, share us with a friend. We are at Metal Nerdery Podcast. That is at Metal Nerdery Podcast. You can follow along with the show on metalnerdery.com slash episodes. Nerd out. Welcome back to the Metal Nerdery. Today we will be diving in to an album dive of... Probably one of the, I think I'm going to have to call it the Master of Puppets of the 90s. That would be Pantera's vulgar display of power. Like I would go so far as to call that the the first Black Sabbath album of the 90s. That's how important that album is. Would y'all agree? Yeah, definitely. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we agree with everything you just said. Absolutely. All right. Next episode. Thank you. Good night. Thanks. This is our album dive into the shallow end. We're on the way to the hospital now. Bump my noggin. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's been around quite a while. Quite a, quite a while. For those of you who don't know, I don't know how you could not know who Pantera is. That'd be like not knowing who Led Zeppelin is. Everybody has to know who Pantera is. But Vulgar Display of Power, that album, we basically saw them play that album on the Cowboys tour before they released the album. Do y'all remember that? Like, oh, they, yeah. They oh, yeah. yeah I was at the, all uh, the time. I was at the, the Roxy. I remember that one in particular. Yeah. Because I think we were blown away. We were like, what the? what is this? Because we knew it wasn't on the Cowboys album. Yeah. Well, because, yeah, it was easy at that point. We knew. We knew Cowboys backwards and forwards and inside out from listening to it 38 million times. So when they played something new and it was, it had that new, newfound power, whatever you want to call it, you know, oh, yeah. it was just like damage plan reference. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think of new, did you? <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah. It just had that, that new energy, you know, it's like they, they knew they were onto something and there's like, let take it to the next level. And they so, so did. Yeah. They had already, um, Demoed a new level, regular peeper, people. <laughs> regular peeper, regular peeper. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> and, uh, and and the no good. That's just such a that that's one of those magic albums. I think everybody needs to have that in their catalog. Definitely, definitely, definitely. There's been a lot of people that that absolutely said that 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 was one of the ones that like, like the Desert Island disc. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's why I said puppets of the '90s. That's. Yeah, because on this one, I think where uh, where I had one or two on uh, Cowboys that I was kind of like, you know, you know, maybe that didn't have to be on there. This album, front to back, yeah, there's yeah. there's I nothing mean, there's, missing. There's nothing. There's no filler. Yeah. I mean, it's it's freaking just. It is one hundred percent. 
if if this were a steak, this would be like one of those like perfect fillets, like with no fat. It's the just, fillet mignon. Yeah, yeah, man. That's bacon like, wrapped. It's like, yeah, what he said. That sounds good. <laughs> hey, this is Sam Elliott. I'm gonna be out by the grill. That sounds absolutely delicious, Adam. By the way, I'd just like to say nobody pointed out that my face is on the cover of Vulgar Display of Power. Thanks. This is, this is Geoff Tate. Just wanted to put that in. I'm going back to the couch now. I got uh, I got a question, Geoff. Absolutely. Did it hurt? I don't remember, honestly. <laughs> my ego tells me it hurts, but I personally can't remember. I am I forgetful. This is Geoff Tate going back to the couch. Thank you. Came out February 25th, 1992. 1992. Wow. That wasn't even out of high school yet. Well, I was just out of high school. Mm-hmm. It was recorded while I was in high school. Yeah. Uh, recorded back at their uh, their studio, Pantega. Pantego, Pantega. Pantego. Pantego Sound Studio. Just, just so you all know, this is earlier in the morning than uh, we usually start recording. So. Yeah, and there's no alcohol involved <laughs> yet. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> whatever episode comes after this one is recorded, then if it's in order, then you'll know that it, that one had alcohol. It <laughs> took a long way around. Woo. Yeah, so we're kind of just You just on, got straight to the point on that one, didn't you? Yeah, working on frayed nerves and coffee. Yeah, the Pantego studio thing, I always thought it was so weird. I'm like, is it strange that they're called Pantera and their studio is called Pantego? Well, that was their that's dad's. That's a city. But their dad's like a, studio. Yeah. yeah, but isn't it like a city in Texas? Uh, yeah, it yeah. says right there, Pantego, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag take a geography intro. major to figure that out. <laughs> Sorry, hashtag Thank soft you. intro. Look for it. Terry uh, Day producing. Produced. He did Cowboys, right? Yes, he yes, did. He did. Yeah. And he did uh, the next two. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember talking about that because he kind of stayed with them. Yeah. Through the, uh, all the way through. Yeah. 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 He yeah. was kind of like the uh, he was like the sound trainer for for Pantera. He kept their sound in like optimal shape. Well, what's weird is it didn't sound the same every time. No. Which a lot of times when you get when you're with the same producers and same engineers or whatever, the sound is the same yeah. on every record. But on this one, I mean, the guitars are completely different. You know, from all all five of them, right? Yeah. And the drums and the like, everything is different on all of them. It's like they were always they were they were never happy. You know what I mean? It's like they were like, we need to. They're, they're trying to find. They were always the racing sound. the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it on, shows on this one for sure. Yeah, I think on this one, this was this this kind of came out right after the Black Album, and they right. were they were thinking, well, damn, you know, this is our this is our chance. There's a void. Yep, yep. and we're gonna fill it. Yep, I remember seeing that in an interview. They were like, you know, Metallica's off doing that. He's like, they were like, somebody's got to bring it. So that, that was might like as a, well be them. Right? That was like a bottle of water to a man dying of thirst in the desert. It was like, oh, thank you, thank you, because that was like a rebirth of thrash, basically. Oh yeah, and it started with them. But yeah, so uh, once again, Vinnie Paul, he was he was definitely a big, uh, he was a big studio guy with all of these. From what I remember reading, the engineering and production and all that. Yeah, I know he he played a big part in the the. Uh, the drum sound, for sure. I mean, I know it sounds kind of obvious. Hello, this is obvious. Osborne, good morning. But isn't it obvious that the drum sound would be dominated and produced by the drum? Domination. 
Yes, obvious Osborne. I guess it would be obvious that the album will be more drum dominated when mixed by the drummer. But that drum sound is perfect, though, and it goes with the guitars so perfect. Well, it does. And the way those two guys, when I was going back and listening to this, and every time I listen to them, it just amazes me how tight Vinny oh, yeah. and Dime were. I mean, it's like they were just locked they, in. They're a mean, machine. They are a machine. Well, it's because some of, obviously some of Dime stuff is outside of your norm, sort of for like thrash type stuff. You know what I mean? I like the there's physical structure. Yeah, because I mean, there's there's always a little hint of his sort of more glam playing mm-hmm. here and there, and then you throw in some other Texas stuff. Like there's always a little bit of ZZ Top boogie kind of yeah here and there kind of swing, which Vinnie Paul kind of accentuates. Yeah, that, like that's that word. That, yeah. <laughs> that gets you all tingly. That's actually <laughs> that is a good word. It's moving. And yes, it, <laughs> it's moving. It moved, Jerry. <laughs> Six to midnight. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's like what? But Vinnie Paul's drumming was unorthodox, kind of too. He he didn't just play straight ahead beats. I mean, he was he was always playing around. It was it was more kind of like a. Well, that's uh, what made them so unique. It just it it didn't fit into that typical thrash mold. It was like taking that thrash mold, breaking it apart, and putting it back together in a different way with more accentuation on. Where's that word again? Yeah, except, hey. I got you fired up, didn't I? You're listening to the Metal Nerdery Accentuated episode. <laughs> this episode brought to you by a fist to my face and the cover of Walker Dust Flame Power. <laughs> All right. Shut up, Matt. There's Terry people there I've right never heard of on this one Doug Sachs, Vinyl Mastering, Brad Geis, Photography, Joe. Sorry if I mess up your name, Joe. Either Giron or the French might be Huron Photography. Bob Defren or Defren artwork. And Larry Freemantle design. Larry. Hey, Larry. Larry. Larry, Larry. can you design the next one? We, we could really use your help. Singles from the Vulgar Display of Power. Wow, do they have videos for all of these? Yes. I remember Mouth 4. Yeah. I remember This Love. I remember Walk. Three Vulgar Radios oh, yes. from Hell. Oh, yes. Love oh, it. yes, 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 yes. It's kind of funny that they... Uh, they were all over M- uh, MTV, too, Yeah, at the time. Well, I remember I, I didn't have cable, so I didn't have MTV, no. so I was, I was a deprived <laughs> child. You kind of lived in a cave. I, I could only experience cable television when I would go to other people's houses. That's why you were always at my house. Because he had cable television. See? There was a void. He filled the void with the need. That was the only void I filled, so... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we're good friends and all, but uh, those are our pillows. <laughs> I, just, I, I guess uh, singles from Vulgar Display of Power, Mouth of War, <laughs> and This Love and Hollow. Mm. Maybe we're on to something here. <laughs> oh, shit. Too, too early. <laughs> A little punchy. <laughs> uh, mouth of war, huh? Oh, damn. I don't know if I want to meet her. <laughs> she can stay at home uh, with her wine. I guess uh, to me, it's, it's kind of interesting that Walk was the uh, last single, as, as strong as that song is. Not that the other ones aren't, but. 
Yeah. You know, that's... I kind of would have thought that would have been, like, number two. And you know what's funny? I remember when I heard Walk, like, the first time when they would... Like we were talking about before, when they played all the live stuff from Vulgar, before Vulgar was Vulgar, like when they were doing it on the Cowboys tour. Yeah. And every time they played Walk, the riff stood out. And I always thought of it, and the only way I could think to describe it was like a metal version of Roadhouse Blues by The Doors. And if you think about it, it kind of has that sort of riff, because it stood out in my mind when I heard it, and I couldn't remember what it was exactly. And then when I got the album and I heard it, I'm like, that's it. That's the, that's the fucking riff. I remember it I'll have it to go back and A-B that. Anyway, sorry, that's a, that's a ridiculous, you know. It's just a ridiculous reference. I had to say that. A nerd nugget, if you will. Nerd nugget. Nerd nugget. Gross. Kind of gross. Wow, so Monsters of Rock was on September 28, 1991 in Moscow. Yeah, if you good people have not seen that video, you need to go see the video of the Moscow appearance. That pretty much sums up the live equivalent of Vulgar Display of Power. Even though it's from the prior album, but them playing live, that same energy captured on that album. Oh, yeah, big time. Never ceases to amaze me. And it sounded so natural when it came out, because like as awesome as Cowboys was, Vulgar just, it was like that perfect progression. It was almost like that jump from Kill 'Em All to Lightning. Because Kill 'Em All was like really raw, you know, and kind of in your face, and then Lightning had more orchestration and almost more smoothness like hey man we're, we're used to this this is what we do and it's like that jump is like a quantum leap from one to the next yeah that's what vulgar was i think for pantera that was that's why it's their puppets i mean they've made a huge leap yeah they did hell we saw them on tour what like six times on that tour At five least. six times yeah, they were always here so so yeah they uh did the monsters of rock 1991 and- I was just going to refer to Rex changing his name. Yeah, Rex Rocker. Bless him for that. (laughs) Yeah, they they did that in the middle of a recording. So they were recording, and then they went to the Monsters of Rock, and they came back and finished up the recording. Wow, that's crazy. Well, it's like, yeah, you're in the studio, and somebody calls you and goes, Hey, uh, you want to go play with Metallica and ACDC? Uh, uh, you, you say yes. Okay, <laughs> sure. Well, you we're kind of busy right now. You say, uh, you say hell yes, we'll be there. God damn. <laughs> let, me pack, let me pack my bags. I'm on my way. <laughs> hell yeah. Yeah, uh, They're packing their bags to me reminds me. It would be like, uh, uh, this, is all, this is because I'm old. It would be like Mel Tillis and Terry Bradshaw and Cannonball Run. <laughs> where they're like case after case of beer putting it in a car and Terry Bradshaw's was like didn't you bring anything to eat Mel Tillis gets out a bag of chips he goes think I got too much <laughs> here again no alcohol has yet been consumed on the premises yeah. at MNHQ yeah so the vulgar vulgar display of power was taken from the movie The Exorcist there's a I line in there I did not know that yeah oh huh. I'm gonna have to googleize that and then, you know, the myth around the... Oh, what, all the bad luck that faced it? No, uh, no. Exorcist or... No, the whole... Pantera. You know, uh, the whole thing about the punch in the face. No, I, did, I saw something. Yeah, so there's a little myth or whatever going around that um, that they paid some dude off the street $10 to get punched in the face. Oh, my God. And, and it took him 31 times to do it, <laughs> you know, to get the shot. Yeah, we didn't quite get it one more time. Um, but I guess originally, you know, they wanted something 
authentic, you know, uh, vulgar. And That's pretty I guess vulgar. I guess whoever uh, was in charge or you know of doing that or whatever they they sent a picture of you know a boxer and with the gloves or whatever and uh, and they were like, no, nah, we want something. You know, like somebody getting punched in the face with a fist, you know. And so that's the legend. But the photographer, Brad, said that, um, no, they paid some dude and he was a model and he didn't actually get hit. So I don't know. You never. Uh, really? We'll, we'll never know. Wow. You know, they had an alternate cover of that album as well that did not make it kind of like, uh, you know, the original proposed first cover for Kill em All is going to be, you know, metal up your ass. Mm-hmm. You know, with the knife coming out of the toilet. Well, the alternate original oh, yeah. cover from yeah. Vulgar Display of Power was like a drill going up someone's butthole. I thought that was far beyond driven. Maybe it was. <laughs> That's a fucking Vulgar Display no, of Power. If you want a Vulgar Display of Power, how about the uh, the proposed first type of negative album cover? Oh, Do you shit. remember what that was? <laughs> no. Uh-uh. You remember it's... Uh, it was the original, and you can see it, you can find it, but it, the original Slow, Deep, and Hard album cover was basically Peter Steele's asshole. <laughs> was it really? Yeah. Gross. And the album was called Slow, Deep, and Hard. Ouch. I did not know that. <laughs> tasty nugget for you. I can never unlearn that. <laughs> not tasty. <laughs> no, definitely not. I can never unlearn that. Sorry, I got a little cross. Yeah, on a side note, that... Uh, that that freaking home video there is like the shit. I think they were the kids. Oh yeah, it really is. Man. I mean, yeah, they had the best home videos ever. Exactly. And then that, and then that the last one was just me and uh, Sean. I mean, we we watched that so many times. <laughs> it was just like that's what we want to do. Right. It's just fun. It's just like it puts you in a good mood. It's literally oh, like it therapy. Well, then I'm just going around and like we'll give you ten dollars to drink a bottle of soy sauce. You know what I mean? I'm like, hey, what? <laughs> I don't, I don't remember that. Don't to... There needs to be more shit like that in metal, though. That's the fun thing about Panteras. They were always, I mean, they really were, you know, like Vantera. They were the, the party. Oh, yeah, they were the party. Van Halen. My favorite one was their uh, their security guy, I think, Big Bow. You remember him? Yeah. They were like, they were at some party or something, and he started eating his birthday cake. <laughs> and then they were like, eat the whole thing, man. And he's like. No, no. So they came up with like 300 bucks or something like that for him to eat the whole thing. And he gets down to like the last bit of it. And you can see he's just freaking miserable. You know what I mean? He's about to throw up. Oh, God. And Dom's like, come on, man, eat the whole thing. And he like, he goes around and gets more money from people. I mean, he's he was like up to, I don't know. Oh, my God. He was like, Did he finish it? No, I think in the end he was, he could see him. He wanted to do it because he wanted the money. But <laughs> yeah. like in the end, he was just <laughs> popping here. In the end, he was just like, I can't do it. <laughs> so bet, just do it, man. Just throw up afterwards. Purge. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, their home video stuff was so awesome. I do remember the first time that I think the video for Mouth for War came out. Of that. that was in lead up to the album. Because I don't think the album, I think the album was coming out soon. Because I think we saw it on Headbangers Ball. They did the whole world premiere thing. Yeah. And then albums used to be released on Tuesday, and so I think it was the weekend leading up to the release of Vulgar. And we saw Mouth for War, and I don't, I'm sure we heard them play it live before on the Cowboys tour several times, but didn't know what it was. I don't know if it had titles or if they were just because they just went and played shit when they came on that tour, and it was new stuff, but we didn't know it was new stuff. 
But I remember when we saw the video, I was like, hell yes, man. Because, I mean, it was just... And then when I found out that was the opener, I was like, oh, shit, that is a killer opener. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's badass. And a killer video, too. There's nothing quite as killer as, you know, Phil Anselmo smashing a cinder block with a sledgehammer. <laughs> That's just metal AF, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. That's a nice way of saying metal is, woohoo, take out the vowels, all the badness goes away. Of course, yeah. the song Walk, because uh, <clears throat> it's in um, Madden NFL games. Really? And in, Yeah, and if you ever go to any kind of sporting event, they always play it there. Really? Live, yeah. Like yeah, baseball? Because I mean, it's, I mean, that riff, man. Yeah, baseball, football. In a way, that's kind of, in a way, I hate that, but at the same time, I love it, because it's like I do love Dime and I love Pantera. Yeah, so it's man. Like I'm, I'm, I like the fact that that brings more people to metal, whether they like it or not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you can't deny that riff, man. No, no, no. <laughs> well, it's memorable. Like I said, yeah. you know, like when I first heard it, I didn't even know what to do with it. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And then I was like, the Doors was just the first thing that popped in. And I thought about Roadhouse Blues, and it's kind of got that, you know, it has that obnoxiousness to it. But I think it was something he was working on. It's badass though. Um, during a sound check or something. But it's just so just. And what are you talking about the swagger the walk? Uh, I was actually just reading about that. You got swaggered. No, you're gonna like this. Oh, I was just reading it. Um, that walk or the walk, the riff is in twelve eight. Yeah, it was. It was what? Uh, <laughs> I don't think I've ever even heard of that. Holy fuck! Twelve eight. John Petrucci, if you're listening, please give us a small example of what twelve eight is. <laughs> I've never heard of that either. But no, evidently, wow. he uh, they were doing a sound check what it says here and he just he just threw it out and everybody was like hell yeah that's 12 ridiculous say that that's when you're like all right that dude is gifted because that riff is just it never gets old never that's almost 30 years old it never gets old that reminds me of that time at practice when i had that riff in my head and i was trying to my brother played drums for people that don't know but i had this riff in my head and I was trying to convey what I was thinking to him. And he was sitting back there being his little jackass self. You know? <laughs> he's like, no, oh, man, it won't work. I'm like, it will work. I can hear it. If I can hear it, it'll work. Right. You know what I mean? We can do it. No, man. No, it goes like this. No, no, man. He just, we, I think y'all were all there. Yeah, no, it's like, dude, can't you just, count to four? Come on. So he's just like, we got in a big brotherly argument. <laughs> it involved violence. Yeah. I put my guitar down and went over the drums at him. <laughs> over the drums. I'll never forget. <laughs> a, little, a little foreshadowing there. Right? I just, well I, done, sir. I just, I'll never forget the look on his face as I was going over at him. He was I'm just sure. like, oh. he wasn't expecting that. You know sure. what I mean? And then he was pissed. He was pissed because, yeah, I bent, I bent one of his stands or something. So he never let me live that down. Oh, I was like, if you just fucking just tried it you know right. you little shit I'm trying to remember how that influenced her life <laughs> he was really good too I don't, yeah yeah he, he just i don't know yeah. he just i guess he had it in his mind he did well, sure yeah. whatever but i was like that could have been my brilliant walk riff who knows i don't know it could have been in 12 8 i don't know but i feel like we had some cool stuff that did come as a result of that so that was positive but 12 8 holy shit i've never yeah i've never even heard of 12 8 but you know it's crazy i never would have thought about that but if you do the math and this may sound even crazier is 12 8 sounds almost like a mix of like 4 4 and 3 4 which i mean i'd probably have to sit there and think about the riff and count through it and play it to do the math on it but i would have never ever 
Matt's going to go home Thought and that. break out his scientific yeah. calculator while listening to the Walkriff. No, I have a feeling that. Plotting grass. No. You, this is te- just, just to say these following words. I don't mean anything by them, but this is just a testament. Of testament. What's about to come. <laughs> <laughs> a little more foreshadowing. Here. Foreshadowing. Hello, welcoming to the foreshadowing to the episode. Welcoming. 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 Such a what were you trying song. to say? I don't even remember. Okay, Stop moving on. 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 <laughs> Please do. Thank you. We got the song Piss. You guys remember that one? Yeah. Yep. I do. It was supposed to be on this album, but never made it. They released it in April 12th, 2012. And I guess the riff is, was actually Use My Third Arm on Far Beyond. I got the re-release of, of Far Beyond the twenty. I think it was the twenty fifth anniversary. Yeah, I think Piss was on it, and it. I don't. It, it kind of sounded sort of. It didn't. It didn't really sound like Pantera. It sounded like someone had taken some Pantera riffs and kind of made their own version of a Pantera song. Yeah, but I don't think it should have been properly, and I don't think it ever was meant to be included as like an official song. But yeah. I think when they did it, it was just sort of like a thrown together, like riff casserole, like. You know, hey man, Riff leftovers. I yeah, like kind of like that. I like that. Sorry, it's breakfast-ish, brunch time. Uh, I remember, I remember hearing it. Uh, went over to my father-in-law's house one day after work or something, and he's that's how cool my father-in-law is. But uh, <laughs> she went over to his house. Well, I guess so. Yeah, without having to be dragged there, <laughs> that's just volunteer effort, <laughs> not being forced against your will. There's a difference. <laughs> And there's a legal difference too. Anyway, alrighty then. That went sideways. <laughs> uh, check out our legal podcast, which we're still developing. Not, not, and piss. No, he was cool. He's cool guy, but he got me into a lot of obscure '70s rock crap that I never listened to, and I kind of got him into the heavier stuff that he hadn't heard, you know. So, yeah. but uh, so it's cool though because I go over there sometimes, walk into the garage, and Slayer's on. You know, I'm like, hell yeah, this nice. is badass. Who gets to go over there to their in-laws' house and? Their father-in-law's listening to Slayer, you know. Not I mean? many people. And, right. and to add uh, to add to the positivity, and also it's you know, would you like a beer, and what would you like? Right. Yeah. Yeah. What so, what of the variable selection do you have? So the uh, beginning point to all of that was, I went there one afternoon, and he was listening to that. He's like, "You heard that yet?" They just put it out, and I was like, "No, this is pretty cool." What but piss? I was like, "Yeah, pissed." But we were both standing there drinking a beer, going, "Meh." You know, it's cool to hear unreleased Pantera stuff, but it's kind of like you said. It, I can, I guess, I can kind of see why it wasn't on the album. It's sort of like the skeletal remains, or of like a draft or something. Like yeah. it, it definitely doesn't fit up to the same level of, we'll say, you know, Pantera badassery that, that is vulgar display of power. Right. That's right. I remember they were in, in bed with Skid Row. I think for that tour, started with Skid Row and Soundgarden. Wow, that's kind of an interesting combo. Yeah, that was. I think something I read about Pantera one time, because, you know, like back then, like a lot of the heavier bands were like, you know, the hair bands, they were like, you know, there was like a separation line. But like Pantera was kind of open. I'll just say Pantera got along with everybody. I mean, I think there was like videos of Dime getting up with Poison and playing. I was like, they'd get up with anybody. They didn't care, man. As long as it was music, everybody was having a good time. It's it's all good. Yeah. Play and party. That's what Pantera is. That's what the P stands for. (laughs) <laughs> play and party I know that's two different words but <laughs> Pantera can make it one what uh, so yeah Skid Row and Soundgarden that would have been an interesting tour I wish we could have seen I wish we could have seen that part but that might have been like a bigger more like arena show 
Because I think at that time, Skid Row was pretty big, too. Probably. Yeah. Mega Dave in Europe. Because I do remember the White Zombie Tour here in Atlanta. Yep. And like you said there, that was the first time. We, that was our introduction to White Zombie. International Ballroom, I remember. Yeah. Precisely. Yeah. yeah. Holy crap. That was an awesome show. I was like, White Zombie got done, and I was like, holy shit, man. <laughs> it's like, can it get those any better? Guys, yeah, yeah. Those, those guys, guys got it going on, man. Yeah. I mean, they were freaking tight. Badass. Yeah. yeah. A whole different sound. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the the like, whole image thing. I mean, I've never been in a band where I've dressed up or anything. You know, I've always just been a jeans and t-shirt guy, but yeah. boring, I guess. But it really, it really put you there. The white zombie definitely put you there, but that show was just a magic show. Yeah. 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 And the Pantera part of the show <laughs> was even more, it's almost like if Pantera had to cancel at that point, it would have been disappointing, but we could have made it through. But it's like the fact that Pantera went on after them. And they that, fucking killed it. Too. That yeah. was like, oh, having, yeah. that was yeah. like heaven. Like, you know, Christmas and your birthday like simultaneously at the same time for, t- for two days. I mean, it was like, holy, holy shit, now we get to watch Pantera. We just saw that because that was an awesome show. Yeah, it was. I mean, we always knew Pantera was going to be fucking awesome, but, but White Zombie and that whole show, that whole thing was just amazing. Yeah, it's awesome when you get to see a band bring another band with them of that caliber, you know what I mean? And, and let them do their thing. Cause I remember reading, I think it was, a, it was that kiss book. I got nothing to lose. I think yeah. I told you you should read. Yeah. They were talking about when they, I guess Aerosmith was one of like the, the worst bands to open for because they, they would like, the well, no, because they would, they wouldn't give you the full PA. They wouldn't give you the full lights. They <sighs> like put you up at the front of the stage. They, they were basically trying to make you smaller. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you couldn't upstage them. Yeah. You're not as big as us. Shut up. So Kiss was always like, you know, when we basically learned from that. And when we went out, we were like, just use it. You know what I mean? Because Kiss wasn't afraid. Right. <laughs> Kiss is like, we're fucking Kiss, man. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, yeah. I don't know. I've never been. It's just weird to me that a band, because I've seen shows like that, you know, where it's like the the opening band gets, especially shows I take my daughter to, some of these popular artists. It's like the the first artist will come up, and this blows my mind too. The first act at these pop shows will only be on stage for like, I mean, literally 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. What? That's it. Yeah. We played longer than that as an opener in the I know, and the they're nights. on a major, like major arena. Well, not arena, but yeah, I guess arena tours. Do they have like 20 dancers and shit, or is it like a DJ and someone on the microphone? It's usually like a DJ and... A chick? Yeah, or a chick or a dude. And, yeah. and there'll be like three feet of stage and a curtain and like two lights on them. You know, and they play for 15 minutes. I'm like, what's yeah, the... Yeah, we play longer I mean, it's, I guess it's cool for them to be there and do the thing, but it's like, yeah, People, as an opening, is the, is the very first opening act outside at the rec room. You remember? Yeah, well, we yeah, played for 45 minutes, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I know it's a different thing, but yeah. But yeah. I, think, I think with those kind of shows, all those people there are there to see the main like, yeah. fight. There's no, there's no openers, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just like... But that's why that show was so much different because it was it was that was like wow we were impressed with their opener and after yeah. that I think they had pretty good because then they started doing headlining gigs on that tour and they started having some good openers yeah yeah well, I remember uh, I think White Zombie was the last band I ever saw at the uh, the Omni oh really really yeah that was on their uh, the second tour or the second album well actually they had more albums before Laxessorcisto. <laughs> That's, that's just that, that wouldn't stay uh, out. Yeah, it was a, it was an Astro Creep. 
tour. Astro yeah. Peep 2000. Yeah, was that like was a, four or five, maybe. That was the last show I saw at the Omni. I think Filter opened or something like that. Well, it's uh, kind of a cool. strange combo. It's a good show, though. Yeah. But anyway, okay. Anyway. <laughs> the vulgar display of power. Well. Two times platinum. It's got to be more than that. U.S. I mean, that's still awesome, but. Well, that's, that's pretty good for a band like uh, you know, Pantera's stature because, I mean, they were obviously never Metallica's size. Right? Sure. So to have a double platinum album is yeah. pretty good. <laughs> platinum in Austria. <laughs> See, Interesting. It's yeah. flat, it is totally platinum there. Does that mean they, <laughs> they sell like a thousand copies or something? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who will buy them, but they're platinum in Austria. You should hear them play them there. <laughs> Is that you, Arnold? Where'd you come from? <laughs> I don't know. I was on the break. I was having some pasta with Millie. He was telling me you were recording down there. I know this is off subject, but are you going to do another uh, um, Austrian Death Machine album? I, I, I don't know. We might. We may go in the studio later this year, but we haven't made a full decision yet. We're still thinking, though, so get back to you. I think you should have a uh, Get to the Chopper Part 2, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, we're all over the place. <laughs> See, this is what like this is what like alcohol does. It's just raw, no anesthesia, as we say. Metal nerdery with no anesthesia, and clearly not enough coffee or intoxicants. So we'll have to rectify that that considerably. Uh, all right, so let's recap what we what we laughed through. So yeah, let's push this out. Du- double platinum, <laughs> double platinum in the U.S., gold in the U.K., Canada. They went gold. That's Canada for people who know how to pronounce words correctly. And then of course Austria, they went platinum over there. Platinum, best heavy metal album of nineteen ninety two, number one. Hell yes, that dude is Chad Bauer. If there's any relation to Jimmy Bauer. I was just thinking the same thing. Jimmy Bauer. Probably not. Yeah. Number one on Chad Bauer of about.com's list of the best heavy metal albums of 92. Best heavy metal album of the 90s. Number four on Guitar World's magazine's list of top 10 guitar albums of 92. There you go. Loudwire's in the mix. Number one, top 11 metal albums of the 90s, and their top 10 albums of 92. I mean, Pantera, bang it away. Basically winning everything. I mean, they, they literally grabbed that gap, the Metallica gap, and ran with it. Yeah, they People did. were hungry for it, because that really is sort of like the <clears throat> connecting the Metallica dots to the next decade. Number 10 on Rolling Stone, the 100 greatest metal albums of all time. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. For a band yeah. like Pantera, especially uh, yeah. what would follow this, that's really awesome. Yeah. So yeah, that made a that made a lot of lists. Is A lot of listicles. Listicles. As Jess Spicoli would say, that's totally awesome. <laughs> yeah. Number seven, Loudwire's ten catchiest metal songs for Walk. Oh yes. I mean, that album. So we weren't the only ones that liked it. Yeah. <laughs> I would say the whole planet was totally into it. Of course, we well, talked I mean, about. Uh, talked about one of the tracks before or a couple of them but we haven't really gotten too into them but you're gonna say something i feel like i interrupted fine i don't know oh anyway it starts off with mouthful war we were talking about the video for that before and that was kind of a happy shocker actually because when i got the album and i realized that was the opener i was like that is a perfect pantera opener 
mouth for war. I mean, it's just, it's got, it's got the energy. It's got the drive. It's got that just sort of like, all right, drop the hammer. It's about to go. And here it comes. And here it comes. And it's like, as soon as it gets going, and then when it hits that middle part and then the breakdown part at the end, it's just like, holy shit. That was always like one of my favorite things about getting a new Pantera album was seeing what the ogre was going to be. Yeah. Cause I mean, they just always blew it out. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, what are they going to do? <laughs> Cause they, I think I said before, it's like each album, you're like, how can they top the last opener? You know what I mean? And then they would freaking just kill it, you know? Oh, that's how. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I remember every time. Yeah. I got, uh, uh, far beyond driven when that came out, I bought it, took it up to the car wash where we were working. And, uh, <laughs> Bobby killer. I was like, Bobby, dude, you got to hear this. And he came over. I put it on, turned it up loud, and we were just looking at each other like, <laughs> you know, like, holy, know. yeah. Just the riffs and the fastness and the heaviness. It was almost like, it was almost like just insane because we would look at each other like, yeah, can you believe they're doing this? It's like, how are they doing this? And it would just, just, it would literally blow your mind. I mean, like nobody, I don't think there was any other band that had that power. Huh, and every time they put an album up, it made it made all of us like you know you got to you got to step it up. You know, every time oh, yeah. Pantera put an album out, it's like, dude, we're not we got to go harder. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and, and they did it like every time, like eat the progression with each album just got ballsier and ballsier. But I mean, something about this one was in that perfect, perfect sweet spot because by this point they kind of gotten away from you know a lot of the melody. In fact, the only time there's really a good bit of melody on this album is probably on Hollow, which is the last song. I mean, well, there's, like there's beginning of our, you know, this love. I mean, it, you know, but I mean, the, but Hollow kind of has that more prettier kind of yeah. hair metalish thing. But they were pretty much rid of their hair metal roots at this point. They, oh yeah, they moved into a whole different realm. Yeah, and that's that's what Vulgar Display of Power was. That was probably the birth of modern Pantera. I think, in a way, Cowboys from Hell was sort of like the transition. The transition to kind of the ending of the hair-ish Pan- Pantera era. Pantera era. Is that, is that right? Pantera era? Pantera hair era? It's too many eras and hairs <laughs> and I don't know what I'm errors. talking about. But it's like the end of that period and then this was like the beginning of their ultra heavy because that's kind of when they ultra. made the full transition, I think. So again, Vulgar Display yeah. Power. Well, I mean, you know, you album. mouth for war and then straight into a new level. I mean, oh my God. <laughs> I remember the first time. I think they opened a show with that one time, one of, <clears> one of those earlier shows pre Vulgar Display of Power release when we saw them on the Cowboys tour. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing that, and I was just, the heaviness of it blew me the fuck away. I was just like, oh my God. And that was live. I mean, it was just like shaking everything and just the power. And I'm like, oh man, what is this? This is going to be awesome. Let's listen to a little new level. Yeah, yes. Let's turn these shits up. Paul kind of, you know, 
Yeah, that's a very non-traditional drum pattern. Now you're up. listen to them it's like they just there's all these little bits and pieces like between riffs where they just hit like a couple little things you know what I mean it's like just enough like a hit from each other or something yeah it's just like a little transition between riffs and it's it's never more than just a few a few beats or something but it's like it doesn't just go like from riff A to riff B there's like a little little flourish or something in there you know what I mean but they're just they're so freaking tight with it, you know. Yeah. It's just like this it's stuff almost is, seamless, right? Yeah, that's what makes it so cool. Because sometimes bands will do that where they'll go like a very hard cut from one riff to another. But the way they seem to do it, it's like they kind of do it in that weird, mysterious way where they yeah. blend it with a little. Yeah, like it's just said, just flourish. like a couple little things, you know, that it just just this little bit of a like a little bit of a U turn, just right. a little bit. Not a total U-turn, like it's, a roundabout. It's so good, man. <laughs> it's like a roundabout, but actually so productive. Fucking roundabout. Yeah, it's better so, than a roundabout. Uh, so then... <laughs> Sorry. I just fucking don't like roundabouts. Yeah, I just... Yes? That I like that roundabout, but the roads... <laughs> the roads I do not like. The Yes song, big fan, but back to Panther, because that's heavier. So, uh, yeah, straight from that into the aforementioned walk... Which, you know, song. we all know Walk. I call it the uh, Roadhouse Blues of Metal. <laughs> little 12 8 for you. It's crazy. Break out your abacus. You're listening to Pantera on Abacus Radio. W-A-B-C. W-C-U-S. <laughs> Don't come on door. 
true. Man. What's cool about that though I mean, I don't know. Maybe he did know, but that would be like a riff I would come up with. I'm not saying I would come up with that riff, but I would come up with something. And then somebody smarter than me would go, oh, man, that's in 12.8. How, did you, how the hell did you ever come up with that? And I'd be like, I don't, I don't know. I just played <laughs> something, insane, you know what man. I mean? So yeah. it's like he probably wasn't conscious of that. He just had something in his head, you yeah. know what I mean? Oh, and, yeah. And wouldn't, then, wouldn't it be unfortunate if he was like blackout drunk and he didn't even remember and he just hit record and he, and he woke up the next morning with a hangover and he's like, God damn, brother, that's killer. Listen <laughs> to this. Like Dimes all hung over, like trying to do a black tooth grin to kind of even out and he hits the play button and it's like, damn. That's a masterful riff. It, it, he was, dare I say it, I know this is a bold admission. I know he's got a lot of props with Ace Freely, but I have to make this quick insertion here. I would almost say he was kind of like the, the riff lord of the 90s. Uh, yeah. yeah. For sure. Sorry. <laughs> I have the, no, no arguments in that. Yeah. Old tangential offshoot. I have to do the track listing. Yeah. The and I know one. it's it's not the, the most original thing to say, but he's uh, he, he is up there at the very top of my oh, yeah. my list of favorite players. I mean, yeah, he's like Tony Iommi. That it's like I mean, Dime, Dime and Headfield are almost like that's like the perfect transition because Iommi was amazing, Headfield was magic, and then Dime was fucking magic. But that'll be another episode. We'll dive into that way deeper later. Guitar gods, that's right. Deepness. So yeah, and then. Fucking hostile. One, two, three, four! That doesn't make you want to break shit. There's oh, no, something wrong with you. If you have any doubts, go back and listen to a live album. Just Some of the most badass pits I've ever been in. Oh yeah, freaking Pantera, man! Oh, so much fun. The energy. See, he kind of had that uh, that Hetfield barking order kind of thing. Yeah, but he had that Hetfield where it's like some of these guys are unintelligible. Yeah, he, he was like Hetfield where he was he was definitely bringing the angst, the frustration, all the anger. But you could identify with him like Hetfield because you knew what he was saying. Yeah. I mean, there was a clarity to it. He was right. articulating it right. right. So it's like it just it brings you like that much closer than some. Uh, I'm not trying to put down death metal or whatever, but some guy going, Rawr! you know, right. I mean, it's like there, all the there's time. A, there's a certain something I think people sometimes miss this, especially in metal, because I mean we all like that because I love the stuff that's super angry and oh, yeah. screaming. But when you can hear and things are enunciated clearly. Then it changes the whole dynamic, and let and someone did that. I mean, he was extremely clear, just like yeah. Hetfield, very, yeah. very, very clear. Yeah, because I'm I'm the world's worst at a lot of times. I just hear vocals. I think I've said this before. But I just hear vocals as another instrument. I don't lots of times don't even pay attention to what they're saying per se. I just the right. melody line of it. Yeah, yeah. But with Pantera, it's like yeah, that, that's a band where I actually know the words. You know yeah. what I mean? I sing along to it. Yeah. So 
That's, has that's more big for me. That way. Yeah, way more meaning that way. But that song was that was always my favorite. I love to turn up the loud part because I still lived at home at that point. I was in college. Every time I played that, my mom would just be like, ah, "My head." <laughs> You're like, "Shut up, Rita." Jesus doesn't like that. I'm like, yeah, he does, Mom. He ultimately created Jesus it. loves Pantera. <laughs> yeah, God loves Slayer. I mean, goddamn, come on. <laughs> I think we solved it. Yeah, so I think it was interesting that they went from uh, fucking hostile and then they bring it down just a few notches. Just a few. To the beginning of this love, which, you know. Which is awesome, and then what it goes into is, you know, is, is just as brutal on a different level. You know oh my mean? god, yeah! I remember that. That's one they played right at the uh, at the Roxy because I remember did. I remember that one. I remember that one too because we were, you know, we were like cool metal strong. type intro with the clean guitar, and then when that riff kicked in, we just looked at each other. We were like, oh. yeah, we're <laughs> kids in a candy store. You know what I mean? <laughs> I need a tissue, please. And it was just like holy <laughs> shit balls. <laughs> Part it goes into later on. Oh yeah, the whole. I mean, yeah, just the groove of it. Because <laughs> then it goes to that, and then it goes to that ridiculous like quarter time. I don't even know what time change is in, but it's like super heavy. Probably twenty-seven three or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long ass song too. Yeah, I had no idea Pantera was so progressive. <laughs> wow, Dream Theater ain't shit, man. <laughs> Damn, that song was six minutes and thirty-two seconds. It's a that's a, that's a big one. That's an opus, epic, that's a long one, epicus. It's an epically long one for them. Can you phrase to myself? Yeah, there's a lot of hostility. There. In fact, there's a lot of fucking hostility. In this next part coming up.
that, that so fucking, simple that it's like yeah. so badass. Man. Like I remember when we first heard that, it was like holy shit, man! Listen, because that that was the measure of how awesome something or how metal something was. Oh yeah. Like when you make the face, when you'd be like, either you'd start laughing because it was like so complex, you're like, holy shit, how do they do that? Or it'd be so heavy, you'd be like, holy fuck, how do they do that? And just every time with Pantera, a new song, it'd just be like. <laughs> it was a beautiful thing what's good about the second side too is I, I wore the second side out on the with the tape you know mm-hmm. I mean just I don't know what it, they're just so different like I don't even know how to describe it it's just yeah yeah. it's, it's like they weren't popular they weren't the maybe I mean, not as frequently played yeah yeah but I don't know I mean I was just they're different than anything else that we had listened to at the time, you know. Right. Oh, yeah. And yep. it's just the the. It did have kind of a different feel. Yeah, I mean, I mean, even even more like there wasn't. It's like the hooks were there, but they were different. Like I don't even know how to describe it. It just didn't seem like your normal. Do you think the first thrash side or your was normal more groovy it, thrash, and then the second side it was almost more seems, the groovy? Well, it seems like it's like it's more commercial available or something. I, I, yeah, I don't even know. How to, no, the first no, side. The first side. The first side is yeah. definitely more like hooky or whatever like yeah. there's there's maybe a little bit more melody to latch on to or something yeah yeah there might be something to that and maybe that's to kind of reel you in to get you ready for side two if side two is like a deeper perspective and i think i think a lot of side two is what they wrote first really yeah while they were touring on the cowboys from mm. hell into westing yeah because i remember I'm, I'm pretty sure did we ever see him play hollow live I feel like they played uh, by Demons Be Driven. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I remember that one. Yeah. I feel like I remember for sure. A new that level, one and... Walk, fucking Hostile. No Good and Regular People. I feel like Hollow was played live. I feel like By Demons was played play live, too. I can't remember if they played Rise. But I was trying to think of all the things they played on the Cowboys tour leading up to the release of Vulgar Display. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out. I don't even know how you remember that. Yeah, I was just going to say, you, you surpassed me. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I wonder. I was there. I windy. And it was cool. Right. But yeah. I can't remember shit like that. Sometimes I wonder why I remember goofy stuff like that. But yeah, unfortunately, I can't remember what I was wearing at the time, specifically when that came out. But <laughs> yeah, I remember stuff. I'm weird with dates. I guess I'm like a savant, which is but, like yeah. a genius, which would also mean a nerd. Uh, it's. Yeah. <laughs> I have nothing more to say. Rise. I'll tell you what I do have to say before I get into this. Now would be where you queue up the Celtic Frost. The coffee's coming. Have at it. For the rise. Such a badass run it is. love that riff. Oh, yeah. As much as I love the opening riff. Yeah. Fucking dogs. We've got no time to lose. Your news is old news. Hate this, hate me, hate this. White approach for the world. It's time to spread the word. Let the voice be heard. All of us, one of us, all of us dominate. It's just a motherfucking world. Mass prediction, beautiful game. 
it's just I don't know what it is about Pantera, dude. Yeah. It's just it freaking just fires you up. Big time. Yeah, I mean, big time. I just remember going to the shows and everybody was just, you know what I mean? Oh, Everybody's yeah. feeling it. Oh, it's, yeah. it's not like it's not like a show you go to where the band's playing and some people people just yeah stand there and watch the Pantera show. It's like you can't be still. I mean, like with you, Slayer. Yeah, you might not be in the pit or anything, but yeah. you're. You know, you're moving oh, in yeah. your own spot or whatever. Yeah. It's just like, just get you. <laughs> Freaking awesome. It's glorious. Count myself lucky that I got to see him so many times yeah. back in the day. No doubt. Which one of, one of Tommy's friends, he was like the biggest, one of the biggest Pantera fans in the world. I think at practice one time, Tommy was like, I guess the guy was saying something about Pantera, and Tommy was like, "Dude, what are you wearing? Like Pantera boxers or something?" And that dude like pulled that as yeah, he was actually wearing Pantera boxers. You know what I mean? Matter of fucking fact. Yeah, but that guy never saw Pantera. What? As many times as they came to Atlanta, he never saw him. And he was just like, "I don't know. I don't. You know, he didn't have a he didn't have a reason or anything." Oh, here. Yeah. Oh, dude. Is it not a little early for some whiskey? A little bit of Grandpa's calf syrup here. Hey, thanks. <laughs> what? I have to have knee surgery when I get older. I brought him one of these, but not you, because I know you don't usually drink beers. Yeah, no beer for me. I'll take a shot, though. I'm not scared. It's a lesson. You can, uh, Dorothy can stay. <laughs> right. She's cool. She's good. Matt, Matt even hasn't even sat down yet and put his headphones back on. I brought y'all whiskey. So. Excellent. Yes. And we want to thank you for that. Dorothy. <laughs> yes, we do. Dorothy. People listening might thank you, too. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks and commitments to Dorothy. I'm back. I had my Celtic Frostbite when I feel better. I brought us a couple of cold brews. We, uh... Listen to a little bit of Rise while you were Celtic frosting. <laughs> Celtic frosting. <laughs> frosting. <laughs> I call that my signature move. <laughs> you know, we're gonna we're gonna get attacked by that guy like uh, Metallica did for yeah. for taking his name in vain with the yeah. band. But you know, <laughs> we're bringing awareness to uh, Celtic right. frosting. That's Otherwise, right. wouldn't be there. Yeah, yes. we are. You know, I would I would love it. I, this this may sound like an egomaniac statement, but I would love it. If we could bring, like, bring metal to the forefront, I'm starting to piss off everybody. Metal, you have Celtic Frost. What are they talking about? Shut up, Matt. Get back up to the dive. I don't want to make anybody mad. No, no. We want to party with these guys. We want to ask questions. No, no good. Attack the radical. It's only appropriate if we're covering Down the gully. I don't think you're allowed to listen to Pantera and not have some sort of alcoholic beverage. Isn't that like a rule? That is a rule. Page one, rule one. That's what I was saying. There's, there's no filler on this. Look at drill sergeants screaming in your face like listen to this. Tell him. Black man, white man, no shit. 
Riffs riffs like nobody. Right. But that whole riff and the beat, everything, it's just it's almost sexy. It's just got that swing to it. Which is very unmetal to think about it traditionally. But yeah, he's he's one of those guys I love and hate equally because I have to I have to like work trying to play something that I think is cool and he just puts a guitar around his neck and it just freaking happens. You know what I mean? He doesn't he doesn't even think about it. It's yeah. just but remember, he had that period where he like woodshedded like a mofo for like two or three years. Yep. He just yeah, like I remember reading that. Or played like was it hours a day, every day, constantly. And he won some contest, but no, I think master, he was like a he was uh, he was like winning all of the uh, local guitar shredder contests. I think it got to a point where they were like. Okay. <laughs> got it, bro. You're the best. Fine. We'll fucking move on. You win. Stop showing up here. <laughs> Give other people a chance. Yeah, somebody else. Okay, buddy? I mean, yeah, you're awesome, but Yeah, really. You know, we've been wanting to play, you know, forever. And it's like, you know, he keeps, keeps taking the hot spots. Like, geez, dime. Give us a break. Sorry, I'm back in the kitchen. Hey, guys, it's Millie. I didn't think he'd You've show been- up. Dude, he was busy cooking. It's pumpkin oh, no. spice season Millie's after been all. Quiet so far. Well, pumpkin spice pasta. I think it's an issue. <laughs> <here>, so. <laughs> <laughs> pumpkin, yeah, you got me with that one. Pumpkin yeah, spice pumpkin pasta. Pumpkin stuff, ravioli. <laughs> it's, pus- it's pumpkins. It's pumpkins. pumpkins. Let's eat a candle while we're at it. <laughs> Living a hole. Living in a hole. Yeah. Uh, this one. Okay. That tone. Oh, swagger. Oh, that's part of that Texas ZZ Top thing. Yeah. Just the shapes and the chord progressions are always so cool. Like this one. Voice box. I know, right? Yes. How I feel. Always reminds me of Saz with that talk box. Yep. Like an ugly green. I know. I mean, that, that's my favorite kind of chord right there. The one that makes you go cringe. No other. I mean, no other band was doing this. No. And if they were, they didn't sound as fucking badass. As no. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. These guys had it nailed. I mean, you remember when I would come up with those? Those real words. Yeah, with those kind of chords. I, just, I love those kind of chords. Stinky chords. Stinky. You like this room clear of farts. <laughs> Everybody just farts. Farts, farts. My eyes are watering. Thinking of stinky farts. Nobody's behind. Sorry. Glad to hear it. Just the way that resonates. Yeah. It's a pretty straightforward riff, but it's just like walking like in your face, like I'm looking at you more than listening to you. That's what he does so well. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like he commands, like, pay attention and tell you something. You know listen. And all their lyrics are like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, so much goodness. I just love how they have that little ugliness they can throw in and still make it sound kind of cool and sexy. Groovy. Groovy. It's ugly and groovy. Ugly, groovy, sexy movie. It made no sense. Next, we go to regular people. Let's see. Again, Benny Paul, man. Yeah, that rhythm section. And then, you know, Rex, we keep dude. talking about every. Yeah, I was going to say Rex back there. His bass sound. He always had one of my favorite bass sounds. Oh, yeah. It was so cool. beefy, man. Cool. It really rounded out the bottom, too. Like that riff. He used like Spectre and Ampeg, I think. Yeah. Fatness. It's like hitting a boxing ring, how appropriate. Dude, that's, that's what Ampere kind of has that feel like being in a boxing ring. Who is a boxer, by the way? One more, more, I keep hearing that Texas reference. Like when you say it, I kind of can hear it. Oh, yeah. It's easy top kind of influence. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's another one of those chords, Cap. Pull a good tone out of a solid state. Oh. <laughs> yeah. He always had to appreciate the little fill, the jabs, the little low voice jabs he'd throw in this mix. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Damn right, boy. Remember that last time we saw him on the uh, Reinventing the Steel tour? His little between song banter, and he was just like, <laughs> Yeah, couldn't even understand what he was saying. But. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was that was a pretty close facsimile to what we, what we experienced. Yeah, it was kind of hard to understand. It. Yeah, I, was, I think that was sort of at the height of his, uh, you know, extracurricular. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. Just the fact that he was out there upright, right, right. still getting the songs done, yep. kind of had that Aussie uh, props. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, it was a. Uh, uh, this is obvious. I was born again. Uh, actually, that was thanks to other drugs that kind of kept me in check, uh, Ritalin and you know, illegal drugs and stuff. That so you had you yeah, had drugs canceling drugs. Yeah, I have to, uh, let me let, let me check with my manager and producer. I have to check the drug tracker and get back to you. <laughs> drug tracker. It, it might have been just, uh, yeah, okay, well, you don't remember. We wrote songs about those. Anyway, Pantera, back to you guys. Thanks, obvious. It's so. Kind of not needed. But. Yeah, this, 
I will admit this album breaks my uh, albums, uh, you know, my 10 song album rule. Yeah, but it's way worth it. Though. Yeah, this one this one breaks it and it's it's all good. It's, it's, it's one of the uh, exceptions. The uh, front of the bag. But the be driven is deep fucking so badass. Rip. I'll admit, one of the songs that we have in the band I'm in now, there's a there's a part where I do a little thing sort of like that. Yeah, yeah. Real riff. yeah even, even to this day, he dive back creeps into my playing, you yeah. know what I mean? I mean, fucking a knock for this riff, man. It's just like... Not that I'm the beginning of a pimple on his ass, but you know what I mean. And then it goes into this. It's like, that riff is like a whole other thing. I mean, he was like a vir- he was like the riff virtuoso. That's what Don was. I like the feel of the song too. The way it kind of goes, walks down before the chorus. Tastiness all the way through. Oh that yeah, riff. and the way that Nothing song bit delicious. And even the way that song finishes, just that just breakdown, just that riff <clears> and the drums, and, and the echo on, and then the echo off, and then finally we get to the last track, track eleven. So I, uh, I think it was an excellent way to end things up. Yeah, me with too. This track, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it kind of embodied both the, the really melodic components of Pantera, which was mostly on Cowboys, along with kind of their new brutality that they have now with the vulgar era. They combined their, those two components well, I think. Their brutal brutality. Their brutal their brutal brutality. Kind of like lethal brutality. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna that's where I was drawing from. There was there was a band that we had their album way back in the day. They were called Lethal. They were well, they were kinda of like Queen Drakish, sort of. I influenced them directly, so yes, they were. <laughs> we used to joke around lethal. We were like the lethal lethality. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hollow. That was a beautiful intro. What's left inside you? Yeah, he still had a really so, good, yeah. you know, singing voice. <laughs> He's got a great singing voice. Yeah. He's got that soul to it. I always like the part right there. Kind of dreamy. Yeah. It's absolutely 
always like that little harmony, little melody line over the guitars. It's actually a great setup to what it transitions into. Too. Yeah, I always like what ending. you have to pay attention to. It's kind of like Sabbath. It's like you're really good with the clean stuff, like looking at the sunrise, and then blow your head off with like you know under the sun. Yeah, it's kind of a, a trick. Blow you in and then blow you out. in the back yeah it's kind of got that darker sound it's like okay this isn't quite as nice and pretty as before something's changing now Riff after badass riff. Oh man, he just never stops. Never in the go back to the the riff god himself i only i mean he always had you know he had the little he was pretty great actually. little tweaks here and there yeah, i mean it's thimbles actually <laughs> the master of thimbles <laughs> <laughs> the thimble master <laughs> please summon the thimble master <laughs> thimble master is hollow is all i know now <laughs> the thimble master yeah. <laughs> oh man the thimble master Sorry, I got a little... Skid misty-eyed there? I got a little misty yeah. Well, that song took on kind of a different meaning for me personally after a certain event in life, so... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, beautiful way to end it. And the fact that it goes into just that 
just sheer badassery. Like when he says mad at God, it's like you literally feel that you can, you know where he's yeah. at. Yep. But it's yeah. just the power of it, man, because it's like the beginning is so melodic and it's beautiful, and then it kind of starts getting darker. It's like, what's going on? And then it shifts into just... Well, see, yeah, that's, that's, I guess, the thing that I keep going back with Pantera is, like, they didn't have to be, you know, like a lot of bands, their version of brutality is, is play as fast and as hard and as heavy as they can all the time, where, you know, Pantera can step back. And it, it kind of, it adds a dynamic to it. So they when they when they it when they need to yeah so when they do go heavy it just really like it hits you know what I mean yeah because it's not because when it's when it's fast all the time it's like yeah it's what it is and it's not bad but it's just that's what it is right so when they hit a part you know like fucking hostile fast or whatever you know you, you really get into it and well, then things like that where they started out a little bit mellow like even some of their faster songs they'll have riffs where they kind of drop back and that's one of the cool things about Vinnie Paul. He's not one of those straight four four on the snare guys, you know. He'll do he'll he'll hit snare pops like he doesn't. A, a qu- well, he would do yeah. he would hit snare like a quarter of the time where uh, what a normal drummer would be doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's got so much more going on with his general right, and then he would hit the snare. Cool. But, yeah, but it just all of that adds to the dynamic. So when it when it really freaking hits, it's just it's got so much power to it. Yeah, it's kind of like the difference between like if you think about highlighting everything versus highlighting certain parts of something. Right. It's like if you augment certain parts, then everything else kind of jump. Really, that part stands out. That's kind of what they did. It's like they knew like all their riffs were killer, but it's like they knew like all right, highlight this part in particular. You know, like those middle section, like the breakdown parts, like this love even, or like the you know the verse part on new level. Just the way it's structured is just it really focuses and highlights the area without highlighting the whole thing. And that sounds dumb, but no. So. Anyway, uh, I guess as you can tell, we really like Pantera. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely a metal nerdery favorite for sure. We probably need to do a, uh, we probably need to do like a Pantera episode, kind of like the Black Sabbath one. Thing. Yeah, that'd be cool. Like a Pantera Megasode. Is that a word? Megasode? It is now. It could it be. A word. Mega Dave is a word, so why not Megasode? Yeah. Or Mega Nerd. We'll do a metal nerdery Megasode. On Pantera, that's that's going to be an upcoming podcast. You heard it here first, so and you can feel free to drop us a line or email us or ping us on the social media on the Facebook and the Instagram or Instagram or IG, as the children are calling it today. The children at Metal Nerdery Podcast, and go to our website www.metalnerdery.com slash episodes. Yeah, so obviously keep listening and, uh, you know, let us know what you think. Any ideas? Check out the uh, merch. Like to hear from you. Yeah, go check out the merch, too. It's getting to be uh, Christmas time. You know what that means. (laughs) Boy, that sounded shameless, didn't it? Big time. Come on, man. You're ready to start whoring your products? Come on, son. Get on the stick. Yeah, get on the stick, Matt. Can't I just talk about metal? No, you got to do this to keep from being homeless. Come on, keep talking about it. Just do it. Anyway, go buy the metal nerdery stuff. The loincloths are coming, y'all. We're working on them. Metal nerdery loincloths. <laughs> we can't Hell match yeah. demand fast Hell enough. Yeah. <laughs> We're working with Man of War. They're working on a contractor basis with us. <laughs> they got some original designs we're going to use, maybe. So that'll be a metal, metal nerdery Man of War partnership. Uh, all right, boys. Let's wrap it up. Yes. Nerd out. Uh, out. Until Nerd next out. time. Uh, enjoyed it. See ya. Let's play a power. Thank you.
Hey, this is Matt from Metal Nerdery. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Like us, share us with a friend. We are at Metal Nerdery Podcast. That is at Metal Nerdery Podcast. You can follow along with the show on metalnerdery.com slash episodes. Nerd 